Hey, good morning, everyone. I think we're going to give it just like a minute to send out the links and get everyone kind of filing in for those that can make it this morning. Um, it looks like it's recording, so that's positive. And yeah, let's give it like a minute or so and we'll jump into some conversation. Thanks for being here, XOAO and Devoted. Appreciate it. GM, GM. GM, guys. All right. Good morning. Thanks for being here, everyone. Happy Thursday. Um, I think we have a kind of a short agenda of what I kind of outlined, and it's very similar to some of the other conversations we've had. You know, XOAO and I have been kind of holding spaces together and interviewing not only people within like the Crypto Skulls community, but also folks that are involved in historical NFTs and archaeology, um, art, and, you know, really the whole gamut of, um, you know, people within the Web3 space and NFTs. We've been doing that since about May. And, yeah, it's been really cool to just hear stories and learn more from other folks in the space. And, yeah, I'm really glad Devoted.eth could be here today and kind of share his story. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, like, kind of analysis and reflection that can occur through conversation, which is really cool. And then also, you know, it's always really amazing to hear what people kind of envision for the future. So that's kind of the goal from these conversations. And then I guess another kind of like broader vision is just to really record conversations. Um, you know, I guess there's two things like one, like networking and building the connections with amongst each other, whether it's folks within a space, um, you know, folks that are listening to a recording later on and are like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Like, I'm going to go follow that person or, you know, reach out and have a conversation whatever it may be, um, you know, hopefully that transpires into IRL opportunities too down the road. But so that's like, I guess, goal one. And then goal two is just to really like document some of these stories, um, compile audio from those. That was kind of like a big reflection. I think a lot of us had maybe in the spring was like, wow, like a lot's occurred in 2021 and 2022. And like so much of it wasn't recorded and just like lost, um, and that was definitely part of, you know, our goal is to like document and start to, um, you know, be able to compile audio clips and like reuse those to hopefully educate people in the future as well. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming up devoted. If you have any like kind of opening words or GM type activities, feel free to chime in and likewise XOAO. Thanks for being here. Hi guys, so thanks a lot for the warm welcome. So I'm devoted, I'm a youth and NFT archaeologist and I was in involved in one of the discoveries or one of the historical projects by the name of Punicodes. So yeah, like that was about, uh, that was on the 17th of January this year. So about approximately nine months have passed out. So yeah, it's been going great. And yesterday it was the first time that uh, Punicodes were hosted at an art gallery. So yeah, like it's going pretty good. And so thanks a lot for being here, guys. And really excited. So we're also uh, currently in work of a collab with Crypto, uh, Crypto Skulls. So really glad to see what it'll, it'll be really amazing to see what we're like uh, for all you guys to see what we're cooking up. So yeah, excited, excited to see what all go goes on. Yeah, we're excited to have you as well, um, GM. So thanks for thanks for being here, and uh, yeah, it's really exciting. I I I can't wait to hear more about like what you've been up to. Um, yesterday was was that was that a launch? 
yesterday? Was there an event yesterday? What was going on? So yeah, so uh, so basically, there's an uh, there's an art gallery, NFT art gallery by the name of Elementum. So they had basically reached out to us, and they were like exploring the idea that it was their opening yesterday. It's basically the art galleries in uh, at the Zurich airport. So they were basically it was their opening, and they said they they would like to host some of the one of the first some of the first artworks on the you could say any blockchain in existence on their at their or at their exhibition and so like they had hosted about approximately 10 of punicodes over there and it was a pretty big event about 200 people were present there so yeah it was a big thing you could say <laughs> wow that that sounds uh that sounds like an amazing event um, I think I saw a photo of it, and it looked it looked like, uh, you know, something that I think everyone here would would be loved would love to get involved in. Um, yeah, and I think like how did you how did you kind of hear about it, you know, and 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 I guess like what what did you what did you learn from the event, and you know what what was the you know the 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 agenda what was the agenda of the event? Yeah, so basically the. Basically, there was the uh, one of the people like so one of the people who ha who are basically involved at that art gallery. His name is Snow Cash. You can check him out on Twitter. So he's basically one of the first individuals who held the first auction of CryptoPunks. So yeah, like you could say, he he himself plays a pretty significant role in the history of NFTs, and uh, so he he's been in, in the. Uh, Punicode's community for a while now and we were discussing a few things we were we 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 have been having conversations for a while now and he were he basically presented the idea that uh, th they are just opening him along with a few other collectors and people in the art space even he's been in the traditional art space for a while now so they were basically exploring the idea of opening up an nft gallery so and an art gallery specifically for nfts so and it was their first day and uh, they had op they they basically opened at the Zurich airport and they just wanted to present assets for uh, from the you could say history of nfts from you could say 2011 to 19 or whichever arbitrary year you want to put this full stop ad or whatever but yeah the nfts that represent the history of uh, the history the history of cryptographic collectibles and uh, they had uh, they contacted us and along with a few other uh, people and uh, some of those nfts were hosted over there and 200 people had come over there along with a there were a few big, big collectors as well and some few big artists as well at the event so yeah it was a pretty cool thing and they've also like basically had vr based they basically made a vr ready art gallery so that was pretty cool too so i'm not sure if i'll be able to visit myself but yeah i'm trying hard <laughs> it'll be a good good place to visit yeah that sounds really cool i did see that yesterday but i guess i you know, like the space is so busy and there's so many things going on that sometimes you don't like fully stop to like recognize and, um, you know, appreciate what is going on. So that's super cool. I'm going to have to look more into that today. I guess I want to just quickly like pause and do like a f real quick thing. And it, it does tie to this art gallery. I'm really happy to hear about that. And I think like IRL um, gallery exhibits of NFTs is something hopefully we see a lot more of in the future. And I think this is a good example so, you know, I just want to do a quick, just a few quick DAO updates. One being that we are also building out a historical NFT museum. And the, the timeline for that will be 2011 through the mint date of Crypto Skulls, or sorry, the contract date of 
crypto skulls in 2019. But so yeah, we're collecting assets. Um, obviously, people like retain ownership over their own assets, but we're we're getting permission to showcase assets within a metaverse museum. And one of the goals that we've been talking about is like, how do you create a space that you can educate people? Um, about early NFTs and crypto art and digital collectibles and the importance of um, digital ownership within a metaverse space that's interactive, that you can socialize with one another within that space. Um, you know, it has audio clips and has video and whatnot within it. Um, so an educational space, but then that you can also translate and um, kind of do an IRL activation. So maybe you take pieces of that and move it into an IRL gallery. And that could either be like using VR headsets or screens or, you know, either even like um, paintings or, you know, whatever form the media ends up being is, is pretty open. But, um, you know, Puny Codes does play a huge part of that. And that's something, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on a space today is, you know, I think you know a lot about Puny Codes and have been involved in that community um, and the kind of the, the rebirth of that community. So that's really important to me today because that does, that's like one of the very first like starting points, of course, um, which has brought us to where we are today. Um, and then I guess the other quick DAO updates is we're still waiting for like um, confirmation if the printing is happening. We did a merch drop two weeks ago that hit a slight delay. So people should just like kind of stay, um, you know, all, I don't, I don't know what the, the metaphor is but we're working hard and hopefully like the stuff arrives and then that stuff can get shipped but um those are the two kind of like primary projects on our mind and then you know we're also going to be starting to work on a website in the next couple weeks to not only support the DAO but then also to use it as a kind of a web two funnel and also like a support for the museum space but hey devoted so let's um i definitely want to talk more about like the irl thing that happened yesterday the museum space or the, the exhibit um would you mind like just rewinding back just like what is your story whatever you're willing to share just about like getting into the crypto space and kind of the discovery of nfts could you share that with us yeah sure thing so basically i joined the crypto space in 2017 so yeah you i could say a big bunk big uh, big bulk of people had entered the space at the time because of the the big 2017 bull run and I, I had been involved in the space ever since you know dollar cost averaging just checking out so some white papers and everything so i was involved in the space but not at the level that i am right now and then when i started hearing about nfts at mid to late 2020 so that's when i had entered the nft space personally and uh, at that very moment like i had entered the space just bought a few nfts and basically saw them going to zero <laughs> so i was wondering at the time so what would be the blue, what would the blue chips be in this particular market so no matter which market you're in if, if it's uh, stocks or whatever it is they're always the blue chip investments that you can make that are for the long run and then they are the speculative bets that you can have that maybe go you know 5x in that next 24 hours or something so yeah so i was looking for the blue chips and i was i realized that this is one of the emergence of cryptographic collectibles the first time we can have digital assets apart from just cryptocurrencies and that really just blew my mind and ever since then i started like just checking out which would which are going to be the blue chip investments in this particular market and then I realized after a while that historical NFTs are those very blue chip investments. And like I personally saw CryptoPunks at, I could say, a 
few weeks floor and then well that's a trauma that you could say <laughs> still makes me up at night and uh, I, because i had hadn't invested personally at that moment so but then after that i got involved in the historical space and adam is here himself and uh, i was just uh, involved in the discords there was there's a dev by the name of suti he was making a few explorers and other things i was helping around with that so just helping in the you could say the growth and develop the development of the community and uh, after a short while in about at the end of in the on january 20 Uh, on the 17th of january i myself was involved in the rediscovery of punicodes they're one of the there's some of the first artworks in the history of cryptographic collectibles and at that very moment so at that uh, so it was initially it was me and pudu so two people were involved initially in that discovery then we we had uh, pinged up harry btc so he's one of the individuals who was involved in the rediscovery of curio uh, curio cards and then we had basically worked on a thread uh, and uh, we personally claimed like of maybe i personally claimed about 2 to 3% of the supply probably the same harry btc had claimed like 10 to 20 maybe at max not more than that and then we just went forward with the uh, rediscovery tweet and then people had started uh, just registering them I, basically so the peony codes are on the name can blockchain so not a lot of people are fam- were familiar with it at that time so i had basically bought up a few name coins so that i can just send them to people and so that basically the uh, register the register the minting phase for them can be as easy at is as it possibly can be for someone who has never u- never used a name coin blockchain before and uh, after that so i just send those people some nmc everyone who asked for some and then the rediscovery was done and uh, so i personally was involved in a few re- rediscoveries that were basically managed by adam himself and this was a rediscovery at which adam was involved at the you could say that as a mint as a minter or as a per- uh, as a person who had just found about, found, out, uh, found out about them so after that yeah we just went forward with the building of the community created discord and everything and Yeah, like it's been nine months, and yeah, it's been going great. Yeah, I guess devoted related to kind of the the culture, or if you can think back about like twenty twenty and when you were getting into NFTs, um, like you you had mentioned CryptoPunks. I guess were there other like quote unquote like historical or like. uh blue chip type projects you were looking at or or getting into and also like the culture itself like would there would there be any way you could describe like what that felt like or what it was like in 2020 and maybe how that's different than either 2021 or 2022 yeah so the at the end of 2020 i would say majorly especially in the historical aspect the most people that were the most uh, talked about project there was was crypto uh, crypto punks and there was literally a lot of people who just thought that punks were the first uh, nfts to ever exist and initially i would say i was one of them because i was just everyone was saying that and it's like what you realize on uh, crypto twitter and so after a while but i found out about rare pepes about a few people were talking about them then i found out about xcp after a while i was also able to figure out about nmc but i didn't jump on that boat at that very moment i was particularly figuring out how xcp worked and everything and so at that very moment the most people were basically just had the idea that cryptopunks were the first nfts and not you we could say like basically not uh you could say for that like whatever you want to call it confusion or something you could say lava lab was involved 
at a certain scale themselves but yeah like that's a rabbit hole i don't want to get just just, just don't want to go down in but uh, yeah so in, initially everyone thought punks were the first nfts and there were like very few other nfts apart from you could say hash masks were being talked about at that moment but they were they didn't they didn't live up to the expectations of most people and apart from that art blocks was like it had launched in i guess december or something and so in early january maybe very few people i'd maybe seen about seen it maybe once or something and uh, after that a while and uh, yeah of course the, in the one over artwork space people was a name you could say in early 2021 i could say so uh, that's when i had personally heard of him myself and rare pepes and slowly i found out about spells of genesis and then i came across white rabbit's timeline and that just blew my mind and then i just started just uh, accumulating as many historical nfts as i could and uh, so yeah i would say that's how in the late 2020s the space was i could yeah sweet yeah i guess there were a lot of one of one artists for sure in the space in that time what about you know we always have to ask cuz you know i guess in our community we're very focused and you know were very involved in crypto skulls and I'm always curious about the history. Did crypto skulls when you were like on OpenSea or anything did you come across those or see the skull imagery like early on in 2020 or 2021? Yeah, so like I remember like once someone had in I go I, I don't remember exactly which discord it was. I think it was in Adam's discord someone had had once shared about crypto skulls. so he entered he whoever that person was it like it was like um, i don't have a really clear memory of it but yeah someone had shared that a uh, uh, project from 2019 that was crypto skulls and i had maybe just like it, it just went under the under, it just got mixed under the messages so no one really paid a lot of attention to that and then i was also like there when the first re- rediscovery was done so yeah when uh, leo was leo got involved along with gary v and everyone so yeah like i was like personally involved at that moment and i was viewing everything So yeah like that was a pretty crazy day as well so initially i guess they were available for 0.0 some eth and then like uh, a lot of people a lot, a lot of big names got involved into it along with uh, nft now and uh, yeah like it went pretty crazy and then just the i, I was I, like a few people were trying to register them but you know as like if, as soon as any rediscovery gets made within about 1 hour or so the bots come in and then that had what that that had what happened at that moment with skulls as well and uh, yeah and after that i saw the community going like it just went huge and yeah i've been like it's really great to see what you guys have achieved in the past close to one year so yeah congratulations on that yeah that is really cool because i think it was around the 12th if i'm right um was kind of like the the black swan moment for crypto skulls and you're saying the puny codes kind of rediscovery was around the 17th Uh, yeah but it was on 17th of january 2022 so yeah in 2022 yeah, yeah likewise yeah with crypto yeah. skulls 2022 that's cool i guess i didn't realize that they were kind of so close together you know thinking back um i guess over maybe 16 months ago or just thinking about like march 2021 um i know that was like a really busy month and i think if i remember the history correct i think that was like a major catalyst for adam and a lot of people to get kind of exposed to historical nfts um i guess what what was your experience back in march 2021 with 
um, like moon cats and um, I'm blanking on everything else that happened in March, 2021, but was that a catalyst moment for you devoted? Yeah. Like, so personally on the very day, the moon cats were discovered, rediscovered. I wasn't like, I was out with a few, with a few friends. So I personally wasn't able to get involved in that rediscovery, but yeah, like moon cats and like the, at that very moment around March and May, you could March, April around that time, maybe May around these months, the punks were also about to just, they just started, they had reached, I guess, double digit floor or maybe 20 floor, something like that. So I don't exactly remember, but yeah, that was a really big catalyst for the historical space in particular, you could say. And uh, a lot of people were also talking about art blocks, like for the, it's like it's particularly debatable what the first project by Artblocks was. Some people say it's Chromie Squiggles. However, there was basically an issue. There was something like that. So basically one project, one or maybe two NFTs of another project had been minted before Chromie Squiggles. So yeah, ma the, vast the vast majority of people think Chromie Squiggles were the first. However, there's maybe one project that was minted. A few of those NFTs were minted earlier to uh, Chromie Squiggles. But yeah, I at the vast majority of people, the consensus is that Chrome Squiggles were the first for art blocks. And uh, so, yeah, at that very moment, all those, so the punks were going crazy and a lot of people were just going back to the history and viewing what all other projects were uh, basically uh, created in the early years. And uh, I believe Ethereum was also rediscovered somewhat around this time and uh, the Mooncats and a few other NFTs and a few other NFT projects and we personally have I've like I've talked to uh, the uh, creators of the Mooncats and the community managers of Mooncats as well and we have also collaborated with them once so yeah like I was just asking them so like how was your experience while basically when Mooncats were rediscovered and they just said that they didn't. They initially weren't even aware that people have started uh, re re uh, rediscovering uh, mooncats and that they are basically registering, the, uh, just, uh, minting them, uh, minting as many as they can. And so they basically got wind of it maybe after like twelve or maybe twenty-four hours of that, and then they got involved back as well. The Ponderware team and yeah, so like it was a crazy time. And I guess around this time, Adam's Discord had also just been formed or maybe a few months, somewhat around this time, I would say. And maybe Adam can clear, clear that particular thing up. And uh, yeah, it was like, you could say the earliest uh, formation of the historical communities. Apart from, of course, you could say Rare Pepe's, but that was particularly, you could say the Rare Pepe community. And, but yeah, not particularly because there were some other like, like Memory Chain and a few other, other projects as well. But yeah, at a, at a, you could say in the 2021, at a big scale, the first uh, community formation of historical NFT. So that was about early 2021. Amazing. Yeah, it's good to good to hear like your your um, your journey. Um, and yeah, I think I think art blocks. Like I think it was, it's interesting. Like what you said, because like, I I think the it was released in November 2020. So I. I yeah, you're you're probably right. Like there, there must be a few things like that <laughs> that came before for like for for Chromie Squiggles, but uh, before Chromie Squiggles. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm sure we could we could like dig it up from the archives. Um, but yeah, I I think in terms of like, you know, I I get I get the journey, and I I want to know more about like how you felt, you know, your experience, and like. And and why why historical NFTs? Why do you believe in it so much? 
um, your conviction and what what drives you every day. Like, what what are you looking for? You know, in in historical NFTs and and also like you know in the future, like what 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 do what do you want to do with um, with with these historical NFTs? What, what drives you every day? Yeah, sure thing. So, like, if you would like, I personally have collected maybe a few, I would say not a lot, but a few artworks in the traditional art space personally. So, like, in the traditional art space, if you have been like, if anyone has been involved in that, you would you like you can just check the history and you will see most of the artworks by any art uh, any artist they start gaining the real traction after most of the time, of course after or you could say majority of the times after the artist actually passes away so that is a way for basically people to put a timestamp. so basically yeah like this artist doesn't isn't around anymore so basically he cannot create any other artworks and now we can basically okay this is a capped supply and then we can start basically collecting or basically that's when the you could say the monetary aspect of it kicks in so and uh, there are obviously a lot of other issues in the traditional art space as well. For example, just uh, the time it takes for someone to attend an auction and the time it takes for an artwork to be uh, sent around the world and everything. And so the and the NFTs in a, a lot of ways solve a lot of the issues. Like uh, you could say and basically any any asset that can be tokenized will be tokenized in the coming years and irrespective of what is it what it is because the benefits that one gets by tokenizing an asset irrespective of if it's an artwork or if it's anything so uh, it will be like the benefits of liquidity and uh, just having the uh, having the option to just pass it around anywhere in the world within seconds it's like it's just too big of an advantage to just avoid that and uh, uh so yeah, so uh, as like and so basically NFTs. What I what I was saying about the traditional art space. So as soon as the it was a sad thing that until the an artist himself wasn't able to, you could say reap the fruits of his labor uh, for his labor and all the work that is done for his life because the majority of the collectors and you could say the monetary aspect comes in as soon as the full stop on the supply or basically a cap on the supply is, has a hard, an hard cap on the supply is put by basically the passing away of that artist and NFTs fit that fix that in a huge way so in by basically minting some an artwork on anything as an NFT you basically create a timestamp for example a crypto, a crypto skull or any artwork was minted back in you could say 2018 or it was created in 2018 that's a hard cap that no one can alter and it, so it basically fixes a lot of the issues that were in the traditional art space so i personally when i was I, I had entered the space in 2020 so that idea had blown my mind and then obviously like if you think uh, if you look back into the history of the internet we weren't able to have any asset apart from just uh, the cryptocurrencies came back in you know, in the early like 2010 you could say yeah bitcoin was introduced in 2009 so uh so yeah so uh initially like we were we were only able to have cryptocurrency that we could have as digital assets on the internet apart from you could say centralized services via centralized services you could have web two domains and but still like purely decentralized assets that one can own uh, purely sensitive resistant decentralized assets that one can own so uh, initially so yeah as soon as i I, uh, I personally figured out that we are now able to have digital assets that we can truly own without any intermediary in between 
so yeah that was particularly uh, like a wow moment for me and then i have like i at that very moment i knew that the history the historical nfts themselves are the earliest assets that one can own in this digital ownership era and as the coming for the coming years decades everything is going to be more and more digitalized and we're basically we already we basically spend all our days on uh, our basically mobile phones laptops etc so yeah in the coming decades the everything is going to get only more and more digitalized and the idea of digital ownership of having assets that are digital irrespective of what it is and uh, like so if any if anyone has you could say they're in contact with a uh maybe you could say a younger person uh, a younger child or anyone else so the older people they it's a bit hard for them to grasp the idea of digital collectibles but yeah when you ask maybe a 12 year old like what all as like what would we like to have for his birthday he'd say like a really nice fortnite skin or something like that so yeah as as time passes on the more and more people are everything is just going to get more and more digitalized and yeah nfts are are basically that they are the first asset that you can own they the first time we can officially own something digital truly own it and completely censorship resistant just like everything else uh, everything every real, most of the real objects that you own in your life is for example if you own a piece of gold yeah yeah potentially the government you could say if you do something they can obviously come and come confiscate it but yeah it's like completely you own it you can hide it you can do whatever with it so yeah that truly first time that we can have digital collectibles and yeah like it's only going to get it's only going to get more crazier from here Yeah, I think a lot of us believe that for sure that it will get a lot crazier from here. What um when you're talking about puny codes or I guess like when you were kind of discovering them for the first time yourself back in the winter um either in late 2021 or maybe it was in January, but like what was that like coming across puny codes and kind of connecting the dots, figuring out what like you are actually looking at or discovering? and then um kind of a piggyback on that is just like what's the best way that you can summarize like the importance of puny codes and like how that really um how that project and how putting imagery on the blockchain like how that has influenced a lot of things or either maybe it didn't directly influence but like what that symbolizes and the importance of puny codes Yeah sure thing so for just i'm just going to provide a few context some context for the people who are first time hearing this name or anything so basically puny uh, name coin block the name coin blockchain is the first altcoin that was ever created so after bitcoin uh, name coin was the first altcoin and uh, so satoshi nakamoto himself was involved at a certain extent in the creation of that blockchain so he personally wasn't involved as a dev you could say he personally didn't write code but yeah while discussing the ideologies and everything of basically a decentralized dns service so yeah he was involved in that and so basically what namecoin is it's a decentralized dns you can basically create censorship resistant domains and the the initial initiation of the namecoin the idea came when the a few of the gov- a few the government agencies of that time were explore were basically exploring the idea of shutting down all the you could say centralized services via which you could for example initially there was a wikipedia page on bitcoin and there was a few announcements or something at the time that the 
government is trying to shut down that wikipedia page and like if you would just imagine like it's the one of some of the earliest years of the cryptocurrency the crypto uh, the you could say this bitcoin world or whatever because cryptocurrencies have obviously existed before bitcoin as well but yeah it was the first cryptocurrency that solved the byzantine generals problem and uh, which was a huge thing at the time and so yeah so basically the government was trying to obviously the government didn't like the idea of having your uh, an a, a different digital currency that anyone could own so yeah at that moment they were exploring the idea of shutting down uh, the basically anything about bitcoin that they could uh, like the wikipedia page and then the people are uh, like satoshi nakamoto and the early pioneers in the space they explored the idea of having uh, decentralized domains domains that are censorship resistant and cannot be shut down by a centralized service like for example the government so that's how namecoin as a blockchain was personally the idea was introduced early in 2010 around that time So yeah so as soon as the namecoin blockchain was introduced it was launched on i guess the 13th of april 2021 around that time no maybe the 17th of april yeah maybe between 17th or 18th of april and the first asset on the namecoin blockchain is d/bitcoin it was introduced on the 21st of april 2011 so yeah you could say the why most of the people who are aware of it the consensus of those people is the consensus of the majority majority of the, those people is that d/bitcoin is the first nft to ever exist in the history of cryptographic collectibles so i personally have was had gotten a word of namecoin in you could say mid 2021 and at that very moment there was a, there was like a rediscovery phase going on of people who had minted Uh, assets on the namecoin blockchain as nfts so you might have heard of eggs so namecoin eggs so they're basically a few people who had basically minted their profile as nfts on the namecoin blockchain via using a, a protocol by the name of one name so yeah those were some of the collection that had existed back then and people were really discovering them and that's the time when i had gotten involved namecoin personally had downloaded a native namecoin wallet and other things so at that very moment i was like this exploring what all other assets were on the name coin blockchain just playing around with it goofing around and so in january 2020 uh, this year 2022 portal and i we portal was basically creating a name coin explorer via which one could easily view all the images that were per, uh, minted on the name coin blockchain just particularly the images so we were just exploring a few ideas on that and just helping each each other out in uh, some ways and then in january he had just uh, sent me a message regarding something he had discovered and then we just played around with it explored some ideas and that that's when we had discovered punicodes so yeah like within like i would say one hour of finding the amazingly making the rediscovery i created a thread and then just uh uh this put it out into the public and uh, yeah that's when the particularly the punicodes were rediscovered and as far as like uh, initially like what happened was so he had basically sent me a uh, uh, basically name coin uh, assets are domains so it basically sent a domain which went x and dash dash just something gibberish like abxyz something like that so it was basically gibberish to me initially and he had uh, Uh, asked me if i knew something by the name of punicode i was like yeah it's an encoding language usually used for internet host names and then i just open up a uh, punicode converter it's on you could check it out i'll check it out yourself it's punicoder.com p u n y c o d e r.com so if you would take up punicode which is x and dash dash like something 
AB something like that just gibberish you convert it into a pin code convert uh, user uh, decoded into a pin code converter then it will basically give out what that pin pin code actually is so one of the pin codes that i had converted at that time was the artwork of an injection so something someone had actually basically uh, used played around with the uh, ascii characters and created an injection and minted it as an nft on the name con blockchain so yeah that was particularly just i had just something that blew my mind and i was like boh that people were minting you could artworks back in 2011 and that was like just crazy and this wasn't the intention of an artist minting an artwork so that he could sell it uh, sell it further or maybe just for the, the just for the creation aspect for, of it these were like devs who were involved like like extremely like core devs who were involved in the earliest of eras of the blockchain industry and back in 2011 they were just playing around with the name con blockchain and they were like just just like like ourselves like maybe let's say you could say a student who likes to draw a sun on the corner of a page of his textbook in a similar way that devs were involved on in the blockchain space at that time they'd use the punicode encoding language to create different forms of symbols or uh smiling faces and things like that on the name con blockchain and uh, so this is how they had given birth to those assets like you could say the first uh, cryptographic collectibles and uh, yeah like within you could say about 20 days of the first uh, uh, nft being created d/bitcoin people had already started creating uh, unicodes and yeah so the art aspect of the cryptographic uh, cryptographic interest uh, the blockchain industry dates back to around 10th may 2011 so yeah like as far as the provenance the history of cryptographic collectibles themselves go this is as early as it gets and yeah like it's like it's a fascinating part of the history yeah it's essentially like scratches in the in the blockchain or something i like how you described that there about yeah like a student writing in a textbook or um is there an estimate like thinking back in 2011 with is there an estimate of like how many devs or how many individuals were kind of like doing these you know imprints or scratches or you know small notes on on the blockchain yeah so like one of the developers who had created a few puni puni codes his name was khal it's a he's a pseudonymous individual so we don't know his what his true name was but he was one of the lead developers of namecoin at that time so he was his name was khal uh, full name was khalhan hanaket i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it right but yeah it's, it's short for short khal so he was one of the individuals and then there's an individual uh, he's a, there's a developer by the name of domob and he like we have been in touch with him ourselves like in 2022 just a few months ago so like he had also created some unicodes back in 2012 i guess maybe in 11 but yeah I, i'm sh- i'm sure he had some created some in 2012 so yeah there were some of these uh, so the total unicodes that were created back in 2011 are about 85 So yeah, like different people. Some uh, some of them were created by Carl. Some of them were created by and um, some other individuals. But yeah, initially Carl was the person who had created the first Punicodes to ever exist. So yeah, he was he was the, basically the lead name one developer at that time. And just related to the Punicodes like logo that it is now the inject the needle or the injection or whatever. When was that minted? 
Yeah, that was in 2012. I don't exactly remember the month, but I guess in January or Feb 2012. It was the first Unicode that I myself had. The first Unicode, you know, ASCII art I had seen myself, and it had just blown my mind. And then I had just suggested that, and I had also used that as an example in the rediscovery process of Unicodes. So I was like, most of the people have seen this Unicode as the first Unicode ever. So maybe we should use that as the. Uh, image of the Discord and the Twitter handle, so yeah, that's why we had used that. It's uh, hey, hey guys, uh, my my call finished, so I was able to join a bit late. Uh, Shane left here. Uh, it's uh, February two thousand twelve. Uh, you were just asking when it was done. It's like the, it's actually in the top two hundred, but it's like uh, in, through the end of it, so it's not in the top hundred even. But uh, it's the one that I think everyone felt was the most iconic one. So in the early days, people said that ah, let's let's use it in the you know as a as a logo for for this new community. By the way, uh, devoted skip one part in uh, in his discovery. He wrote that thread, um, and uh, not only he wrote that thread and explained like how to do these things for the for the people who first time were looking at anything on Namecoin. You know, like myself at the time, uh, like we were DMing him, and he was like explaining us, like you know, meticulously, like how to like really create the wallet, how to do this and that, like really completely from scratch. Uh, and then he even sent like his own uh, NMCs, like uh, literally he sent us name coins to our wallets so that we can, uh, you know, continue with the discovery. And and I'm, I wasn't the only one; he did it like to a lot of people. Um, just so that you know other people can get it as well so just wanted to you know he's too humble to say it here but uh, you know he 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 was very uh let's say fair in the distribution of the pinnacles in the early stage so that's one of the reasons why the community grew so uh, engaged and large uh, since the beginning hmm. yeah that is an interesting part of it and i think probably an important aspect in building the community i guess how what has the community building been like either chain left or I, I invited Adam up to, um, or from devoted just from January and the rediscovery and like, what did the process of building community look like? And then also I'm curious of just, um, kind of the birth of the DAO as well. And if someone wants to speak about like what the, why the DAO was formed and how the DAO is structured, I'm curious on that. Or if yeah, Adam has questions, or yeah, feel free. Yeah, maybe do, if you do you want to cha uh, take that one, chains or shut up. Uh, I, I think better uh, you devoted like you you kind of at the time were the main person, so. So yeah, like initially when the rediscovery was done, so basically it's like you could say a decentralized project. Uh, uh, like initially, like twin codes weren't created in a centralized manner, so not a single individual or maybe a group group of centralized entities create uh, group of centralized individuals or you could say an entity had created them. So, yeah, basically, in a way, you could say it's a decentralized project or basically a community had grouped those assets together. So, yeah, any so as soon as the rediscovery was done, I had started working on a Discord channel, and uh, as soon as Discord server, sorry, and as soon as that was done, I was like just considering the ideas of how this very project is going to be run maybe a decade from now or maybe a century from now because like when when the history of cryptographic collectibles goes this is like surely it plays a big big you could say a big uh 
like yeah it's a big uh, big thing in the history of cryptographic collectibles so so i basically come up with the idea of a dao and uh, so basically the idea was anyone who had uh, anyone who's willing to contribute in the growth and development of the project maybe they're willing to contribute a unicode that they had registered themselves or they want to just contribute something else that you could say is something just as similarly valuable as a unicode or they'd like to help for example there's an individual who said he'd like to help in the creation of a uh unicode basically it's a puni- it's a way to basically just you input your unicode creator and it that gives you the image that you would use at an as an emblem vault so um, emblem vault is basically a way to trade non evm compatible nfts onto the evm so basically you could use nfts that were created on counterparty bitcoin or any other chain that wasn't basically evm compatible the ethereum virtual machine compatible and you can use it on the ethereum virtual machine compatible chains like ethereum and solana and whatever so yeah so at this very moment ethereum and polygon not solana my bad so yeah and uh, so i just come up with the idea of the dao and then a lot of people were willing to contribute to that and then that's when the community formed and at this very moment we have around between 25 to 30 people in the dao and yeah those are the people who are involved in the decision making process uh, pers- personally involved in the decision making process of uh, all the projects that we collab with or any decisions we make or anything anything of that consortium so yeah Cool. Yeah. Thank you for that. I don't know if Chain left. If you wanted to add anything else related to the DAO, feel free. Um, no. I mean, uh, I think the world covered it pretty well. Uh, I think like we we try to keep DAO both accessible, but also you know in a way that it's it's uh, fair to the ones who joined prior as well. A lot of people uh, donated stuff uh, like to to the DAO to to become the DAO member. Um, some others did a lot of like really useful work so that they can be DAO member as well. Um, one of the things uh, I guess I can say is that so far there was quite a few value that already reverted back to DAO members. Like uh, you know, I think we got this like uh, uh, cheaper mint for Pride Punks. Uh, you know, because there was like two two stage process in the Pride Punks Pride Punks uh, minting. So DAO got some whitelist spots there. Um, we got uh, like uh, from the punifac factory like we have this new collection called the punifactory uh, where we are doing collaborations with other uh, other collections or other uh, let's say historical communities and uh, there we're meeting we're also like it's we're doing two things there like one we're collaborating of course to spread awareness about both uh, communities but also uh, we are uh, bring like we're actually highlighting the artists within the community as well so the artists themselves are building the pieces there and they're also selling half of those pieces and the other half is distributed across uh, the the collab partner and the pinnacles dao so pinnacles dao members also receive those uh, assets so so far they've been valued like uh, you know between 0.1 to 0.3 eth each of those uh, so you know there was quite a, quite a quite a lot of value that was that already reverted back to the dao members Hopefully, we'll continue to do that as well, uh, along with, uh, you know, of course, the decision-making power as well. Sweet, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, today's not the day to necessarily go too deep into the the um, the project that we're kind of working on with you guys. But uh, Devoted did give a little like 
snip of hint earlier. But yeah, there is a collaboration between the Crypto Skulls DAO and Puny Codes DAO and the, the Puny Codes factory. Um, we'll talk more on that later. I'm not going to go deep into that today, but stay tuned for those listening or listening to the recording to just watch out for more news on that front. Um, hey, Adam, how are you doing? And I don't know if you had any questions or yeah, thanks for coming up. How's it going, man? It's um, it's so awesome, dude. I I've been on a, a bunch of spaces over the last you know week or so, um, and I'm constantly bump bump not constantly, but I'm bumping into people like Devoted and and Chain who just put in so much effort uh, into projects they believe in, and um, you know when people ask me, well, oh, well I want to get into NFTs and I want to do something and I want and I'm like, bro, this is the way. Like what they do. Um, you know, buying into a project, believing in it, and then providing tons of value uh, to that community. Um, it's amazing. It's it's awesome to see. And I, I see you doing it with the Skulls as well, man. And I appreciate your work there too. Um, you know, it, it it's it's the best way and it's the best thing to do because you, you meet other people in the space. Um, you know, you make connections. You know, for anybody who's 20 years old out there, and thinking they're going to get rich flipping NFTs, that's not the way. Like the way is to actually work, build, and help people, and and create value for people. Like that's the way to to create wealth. And um, yeah, and I just really appreciate the the level of effort these these guys have put in. It's one of the best historic NFT communities, and they support the entire historic NFT community. And I think that's where we're moving. And and it's so awesome over the last you know four or five months or so. Uh, there's been a real shift in the historic NFT community where this division of of groups into, you know, I got my whatever, I got my crypto cats, I got my moon cats, and this is the only one, or I'm going to protect this bag. Uh, that's fading away, and we're moving into this really, really nice place where everybody uh, is just working together to kind of grow the entire space because we realize, man, we are we are one of the first couple thousand people on Earth to even recognize this as a thing. And we need to get from 2,000 to 200,000 to 2 million, you know, to 200 million. And when we do that, it won't matter uh, what you have. Uh, it's just going to matter how much you have, right? So just, um, yeah, I just appreciate you guys. Thanks, Adam. Nice to hear from you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Adam. I think that is really important. And I'm curious, like, I know... I think Devote has been a part of the conversations. I'm sure maybe Adam has. I think Chain Left for sure has with the, I think it just started on Tuesday, kind of the timeline that the, I think it's mostly through Dada, but it's under the historical NFT, um, you know, page or whatever. And I know there's an event coming up in about a month in Barcelona, the historical NFT gathering or conference yeah, it's, it's um, the historic nft fest yeah in barcelona um i'm gonna be there it's gonna be really awesome you know i think you know just as a kind of first first run at this kind of thing and i think it's gonna be really small um but lots of people from pepe's and you know um just counterparty i don't know how many we're gonna have people from uh from namecoin but just some of the early early developers definitely early a lot of early artists are going to be there um which is going to be awesome and uh, awesome to hear their stories you know start building out in a more full way the kind of various interconnected stories that 
that kind of led to the modern NFT is really awesome. And like, dude, this is the, these type of stories This we're going to be doing, I, I'm planning on doing it the rest of my life. Like this is, this is a lifetime of effort and work. And uh, because as devoted said earlier, like a bet on historic NFTs is really a bet on the future of NFTs and not NFTs necessarily as little pieces of art or whatever, but as digital items that everybody on earth has, right. That everybody on earth understands what this is right now. We're nowhere near that. Um, but we're moving quickly, quickly in that direction. And so this idea of, of betting on historicals, we're really betting on the future. And so telling the stories of the past and kind of with a vision of where it's going is, is where it's at for me. And um, so, yeah, the historic NFT fest will be fun to kind of celebrate some of those early pioneers, hear some of these stories. Um, I think maybe Devoted touched on it earlier about the ideas of name coins and how they were uh, basically like URLs, right? So it's, it's a token, it's, it's, a, it's a domain, right? And uniquely ownable. And one of the things I've learned from talking to artists who were kind of pre-blockchain, when they were trying to create this idea of provenance for their work, a lot of them, digital artists were starting to use um, URLs, starting to use websites uh, as a way to create one of one versions of their art. And like that sort of thing, that sort of snippet, I could have never learned without actually talking to artists who literally built URLs that they could then sell because it created provenance for their work. Right. And you hear that, you hear a story like that, that that, that person was doing this, you know, in 1998 or 2000, selling uh, web pages of their work because those could be transferred. Um, you realize, wow, these are the issues. This is just the, the tip of the iceberg of what um, blockchain technology solves. And uh, but you can't do that without kind of hearing stories and talking to people. So I'm I'm psyched about Barcelona. Yeah, I guess Chain Lath are devoted. Are are there Pini Codes folks going to Barcelona as well? So there is uh, one. Uh, sorry, devoted. Did you want to speak? Uh, if you want, you can go ahead. No, feel free to. Yeah, so there is one uh, one artist that we found is among the creators of the past. You know, devoted mentioned Carl. He's kind of gone uh, off offline so we, we you know he can't be reached but uh there is one uh, creator of the pinnacles that we were able to reach out uh, over the past few months um uh, he goes by the name hallucifile that's his artist persona or, or name um has been also an artist uh, he's, he's done like uh, i think 15 maybe rare pepes as well um he's done a few others like bitcoins mafia wars like he's been involved in a lot of uh, counterparty nfts as well um, and yeah, he's also done 966 pinny codes also about like one, one kind of one third almost of the connect collection. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he, he, he's going to likely to going to Barcelona. Um, that's going to represent us. And also we have another artist in, uh, our community called Twicer, who's done our first collab piece, uh, with, uh, with Curio card style. And he's he lives in Barcelona, so he's likely going to go there as well. Uh, from the community, these are the ones that I think will likely go. Um, I I probably I mean I'm actually not that far. I'm in Europe, but uh, likely I won't make it. I mean I I have two kids, and it's pretty difficult for me to go, um, especially one newborn. So it's going to be a bit tough for me. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, we're, we're try to, we'll try to follow it up and, and try to, if it will be possible, we would like to even join like virtually or something if possible, of course. Yeah, and I would just like to mention, so like basically the uh, the purpose of the Penny Goals DAO is to help in the growth and development of the project and pay, pay as much value as you can to the OGs, to the creator of these NFTs. For like, for example, just like uh, Chainlef mentioned, Helucifal. So like uh, Helucifal was, he himself was interested in the idea of being a speaker at the upcoming event at uh, Barcelona. And so we basically just raised a petition within the DAO that we should... Uh, basically take care of the monetary aspects of his trip and so basically we uh, basically raised some money together and we basically uh, and we basically just asked how much would it cost for you for the trip and then we basically just uh, sent that we basically send those send those dollars to him so yeah like whichever way we can help in the in the growth and development in basically the growth and development of the community of the project and pay as much value as we can to the OGs so yeah we're basically up for up for that yeah X way, I think you're back now. I don't know if you had any follow up questions as you, you were listening, but gosh, yeah, that's all really cool. I, I'm like thinking a lot on about all this, but um, for folks that like want to get more into Punicodes and explore the art and the imagery, like, is there a tool or like what's the best way to like dive in and like? look at prices and look at the art and also look at like the, the mint dates of each piece. Is there, is there somewhere that that's like pretty easily done or is it still fairly complex to do that work? So there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of tools we created over the past uh, nine months or so since the discovery. Um, I, there is a link on the Pinnacle's uh, Twitter that's, uh, that basically has, Kind of access to all of those information, right? It's a uh, uh, the, the wait. Actually, we don't have that link here. I think uh, the but uh, so yeah, you can you can find uh, most of the information on the website, like pinnacles.xyz, or you can find the same information also on our Discord. They're all linked from the Twitter profile, so you can go to pinnacles 2011, which is the name of the account on Twitter. And you'll be able to see all the information about it. Basically, you can reach to the OpenSea link. You can reach, uh, you can reach the Discord. Uh, you can reach the the website. We even have an on cyber gallery where we display all the, let's say, the ones that the community decided to you know put together. Like it's a collaborative gallery, uh, so we have it there as well. Um, yeah. So so yeah, you can find a lot of information uh, in those places. Amazing. I think we even have a link tree, right? Devoted like link uh, tree uh, slash uh, slash punicodes, if I if I'm not mistake, mistaken. Yeah, initially we did, but then we had just basically just added all those links to punicodes.xyz. So I think yeah, that's why we are just using that link now. Mm, okay. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was actually just checking it out. Um, you have a great website. Um, you have lots of information like laid out in a very educational way. And yeah, I like, I like the sort of <laughs> infographics and like the, the graphs and yeah, very, very factual. So, th so there's a lot to, to learn from, you know, even someone who, who, who has heard of Punicodes, but you know, imagine someone who, who's new to NFTs, like it's, it's great, uh, a great source of information to learn from. Um, and I think, I think a lot of 
other historical NFT projects should, yeah, should also have, you know, a place where, you, you know, new, 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 newcomers can come in and actually learn from, you know, from, from sources of information such as your website. So yeah, really great stuff. Uh, I, I also really like the museum as well. So like, where did, where did you build that from? Did you build that in, um, you know, on cyber, what, what did you use to build that? The one that you take this, you built that uh, gallery. Yeah, so yeah, like we had basically there, uh, Pinnacles Dow had basically collectively bought a uh, on cyber gallery. So yeah, it's basically we, the idea was that all the holders will be able to hang their NFTs in the on cyber gallery. So yeah, like it's initially they were like basically 10, 20, maybe 10, 15 Pinnacles that were hung over there. But now, like I would say, it's pretty full to this day. So yeah, we basically collectively bought an on cyber gallery. And now every Pinnacle holder, like as soon as like uh, anyone joins the, uh, anyone basically enables the holder role on the Pinnacles Discord, they can just like uh, drop a message in a particular so, uh, in a particular channel that this is my Ether ID and I would love to hang my uh, Pinnacle in the gallery and then I just send them an invite. So yeah, that's how it goes. Hmm, that's really cool. Is there a cutoff of years? Like what the gallery is showcasing? Is it just early years or? No, like there's no cutoff. Like Particularly Pinnacles have, you could say, like we arbitrarily had put up a cutoff like at the 2017 year. But yeah, like like we're completely open to like if someone says like I have a 2018 Pinnacle, I also want to be part of the community. Like, uh, like it's not like we are like, we're going to be against that or something. But yeah, like so on the particular uh, anyone who holds any kind of Pinnacle, they're just open to just hang it over there. But particularly, yeah, the focus is on 2011 to 2017 mints, you could say. Okay, awesome. And then when you are looking on OpenSea, I think is the mint date listed within the title of the piece, or do I have that wrong? Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, we we try to keep it very transparent, so uh, we uh, we we created well actually someone from the community. It's like you know everything has been done by the community. By the way, that's what I really like about this uh, community. Um, someone from the community created a generator, um, and they basically. Uh, what you do is that you just add your Pinnacle name and it creates an image that's like the, this is the community decided image as well that shows the decoded version of the Pinnacle, the the actual, uh, you know, non-decoded, like the encrypted version of it in the bottom and the, the exact mint state of it. And it also creates the title and the description that includes the information about like, oh, like these are, you know, very early collectibles. They are, you know, from Namecoin, which is, you know, this is a very early tech, so it requires different things that you normally are used to. So for example, you need to uh, renew them every nine months. You know, it, it tries to, like, we try to keep it like uh, we created this generator because we want people to keep using that so that they, uh, when someone else wants to make a purchase on OpenSea, they know that all that information, like, they're all transparent. Everything is there. The mint, you know, mint, day, mint date is even in the title and also in the description. So we just want to make sure that everything is, like, uh, up to a proper, uh, you know, purchase standard, I guess. Like we wanted to make it, uh, you know, avoid the frauds and stuff. In the early days, actually, there were a few people who tried that. Like they they minted like some 2022 uh, mini codes on Namecoin and then they they kind of vaulted them and then they tried to sell it. They even used our generator and stuff. So, But we, we kind of found ways to prevent that. There were like one or two slips. Uh, and in those cases, like, uh, you know, 
devoted again uh, devoted and puzzle these two who who were the initial uh, discoverers they even like gave away from their own pinnacles and stuff to those who lost so like there were a lot of uh, you know efforts in those early days but uh, i think i would say now anyone who uses OpenSea link will be probably buying the the correct uh, like the the historical pinnacles and did you say something do the pinnacles have to be renewed or when you're buying on OpenSea, is that a locked? Yeah. So uh, Emblem Vault, it's it's traded on Emblem Vault. So for those who are not familiar, Emblem Vault is a service that is used to uh, carry over uh, NFTs from other chains into onto Ethereum. So that you know, because Ethereum has a big larger market, right? So there is a larger market on OpenSea and Luxrare. So uh, if you don't want to trade on the counter on Namecoin chain itself. Uh, or same goes with counterparty. Like if you don't want to use their dispenser, for example, you will go ahead and uh, vault it and you will have it on Emblem Vault on Ethereum. So that way you would be able to trade it there. And uh, to, that that bridging process is uh, like, there, there is some process for it and there are a lot of articles around it. You can find that information also in Pinnacle's community. But there are already a lot of assets that are vaulted. So you have already, you already have like a lot of Pinnacles that are vaulted. So when you go to OpenSea page, uh, one thing you can do is you, you look at the Pinnacle and there is this, um, Emblem Vault has a feature called uh, auto-renewal. So if you have a certain amount of name coin inside the vault, it will automatically renew itself when the expiration time comes. Uh, but this is an experimental feature. So, you know, there's still like, even in those days, to like these days, we're still like, you know, tracking all of those just to make sure that, you know, that it's working, functioning properly. You know, there can be always some uh, bugs and stuff in the code. So because of that, like it, it either, you will rely on Emblem Vault to auto-renew, or you can actually use directly the name coin chain itself, and you have to renew yourself every nine months. Because, after all, uh, you know the the name coin itself was designed not for these cool art stuff. It's more actually designed for utility for uh, domain names, and because of that, they have the DNS uh, feature of uh, or DNS uh, yeah DNS feature of expiration. Uh, it it needs to be renewed every eight eight to nine months essentially. Hmm, yeah, cool. just like basically, yeah, just like ENS basically expires in a similar manner. Yeah, you could uh, compare it to ENS, just like ENS expires, so a name coin assets also expire after approximately nine, 000, uh, nine months, sorry. And uh, so we, at this very moment, we're having a few conversations with the core devs. So like the idea of uh, like basically renewing your asset for the next, you could say a decade or basically having that functionality just like you have an ENS. So we are having a few conversations regarding that. A hard fork will be required for that, I believe, on the Namecoin blockchain. But yeah, like we're having a few conversations. Let's see where it goes. But yeah, for now, you uh, an asset needs to be renewed every nine months. So that's how Namecoin as a blockchain has been designed to. It's a DNS basically. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. That actually isn't something I fully realized looking at the puny codes. Um, and yeah, back to kind of what XOA was talking about for folks that haven't looked at the on cyber museum, I definitely encourage you to go check that out. It's a beautiful space. It is really awesome to see. I didn't realize, I guess that it was, if you're a member of the community, you could have artwork um, showcase. So that's really cool. And I think, you know, speaking of the museum that we're building out, I would really envision and I, you know, 99% certain it will happen that there will be some type of link to move people when they're learning and viewing, you know, the, the three pieces of PNI codes that are displayed within the, the new historical NFT museum. 
we're building for Crypto Skulls DAO, people are viewing that, then they can link over and visit, you know, a very specific um, puny codes like only gallery just to like continue in that exploration. So that's definitely part of the the vision that we're working on. I, I got to give uh, Devoted another shout out and, and, you know, the puny code guys, another shout out like they so so there are a bunch of punies that are already vaulted right They're they're in emblem vault they're on open sea um they went through each vault and made sure there was enough uh name coin in each vault to auto renew so they went through every vault made sure every vault had enough and if it didn't have enough name coin they sent more name coin in so those vaults would automatically renew uh and when i saw when i saw that they did that i was like holy cow these guys really care they don't want anybody to get rugged. They don't want anybody to lose their asset. Um, I just got to shout them out. It was, it was really, really awesome. Yeah, the model's idea as usual. <laughs> uh, he even funded from his own wallet, by the way, again, one second. <laughs> anyway, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, I, I have to leave again. I have another call again uh, in network, but uh, we just spoke about galleries and museums. Yesterday, uh, that was the first time, actually, Pinnacles were featured in a gallery in Zurich. Um, so, Devoted, if you want to just, you know, talk about that a little bit, I, I'll jump out now. Thanks, uh, thanks, Quantum. Thanks, Adam. Devoted, everyone. Thanks, Al. Yeah. Bye. Thank thanks, you. Shane Left. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. So, like, to the people who have just joined right now, yeah, we did uh, initially talk about that. So, yeah, basically, there's an art gallery by the name of Elementum. Say they had at, at the Zurich airport. So, they it was their it was their first day on the opening opening day, and they had basically uh, displayed about ten puny codes at their basically they have created a VR enabled art gallery, uh, particularly for NFTs, and they had basically. Uh, Exhibited ten of the puny codes uh, from the early years at their uh, at their opening day. So yeah, that's about the art gallery particularly. And I would just like to give a shout out to you guys too, like uh, Quantum and Exo. Exo, you have been like doing so much in the Crypto Skulls community, and just like hats off to you guys. Like it's been like it's been a journey in the last few months, nine months or so, and yeah. You guys have done amazingly well. And to Adam as well, like you don't get enough credit for what you've done for the historical space. Like, like literally, I would say half of the community or more than half of the community lives at the Discord that you had, you had created. And yeah, like the work that you've done and the book that you've written, like it's just like amazing. So just wanted to say hats off to you too. Yeah, thank you so much about that. And I think the, the museum or the art gallery exhibit um, at an airport is really cool. I hope others can pop up, you know, around the world, but yeah, I think that's just like the time of time and place we are at right now. And, you know, maybe this bear market has been a blessing, especially for historical communities, one for folks to be able to like maybe accumulate more during the last couple months, but then also for us all to just like really focus on building and, um, and getting to know each other and just networking and building the community. I think like it's in a lot of ways, like it sucks to have ETH down at 1200 or 1300 again. And, you know, just, I know a lot of communities are, are hurting just like with the exodus of people or just a, there's, there's crickets sometimes in different communities, but yeah, I, I think it's a really good opportunity for the work we're doing. Um, for the education we're doing for the museum we're building and all of the other parts of it. So yeah. And you know, 
of course, huge shout out. Thanks, Adam, for your Discord that you run. There's a wealth of information for the folks that aren't already involved in that Discord. You should be. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I personally was there when I had seen ETH drop from, I don't exactly remember, like 1200 or something like that to about $80, $90 at the, at the end of the 2017 bull run. So yeah, like, to be honest, and like, there's a say, common saying that most people use that the fundamentals never change, that irrespective of the price, the fundamentals never change. But this time, the Ethereum fundamentals have actually changed after the merge. So yeah, at minimum, like, I don't know ex what the exact number is for ETH to be deflationary, but I guess it's upwards of 15 GUE or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. You can maybe check that those readers out at ultrasound.money. But yeah, like it's just a matter of time. So like there's nothing to be disheartened to disheartened about that. Yeah, it's just a matter of time and it's just market cycles. Like approximately and markets, yeah, you could say a bull and beer run up last approximately four years. And yeah, we are, maybe we are more than one year off in the beer market now. So yeah, just a matter of time. Yeah, I would say kind of the worst part of having these conversations is just the feeling of like feeling under underexposed. It's like because I, you know, for transparency, I do not hold any opinion codes. And but I have these conversations and learn about the history and the art and just like the importance of projects like PNE codes. And I'm like, damn, I got to like. Get Bro, we're we're all underexposed, man. Yeah, everyone yeah. was. I mean, we really are, dude. Everybody. I don't know anybody, and and I know people with millions and millions of dollars worth, but still, even they're like, God, <laughs> you know, th there's no, there's never enough money. And anybody listening, don't think like, oh, I only have a thousand dollars. What can I do? Like, you know, there's tons of stories, myself included. Like, I started with like half an ETH, uh, you know, in March last year. So. You know, n almost nobody starts with a ton of money, right? And uh, so it that shouldn't be preventing you from taking action, right? And so, um, yeah, I, I, you know, almost nobody starts, you know, with tons of money and can hold forever because they're rich. Like the rest of us have to kind of figure it out. Um, and we're all underexposed, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it is just super cool. Like I think today's conversation just has helped me reframe the importance of puny codes and just like how cool that was for like some of literally like the earliest devs, you know, making their imprint or I, I love that idea of just like a, a little note or a scratch on the blockchain. Um, but yeah, that, that is super cool. And yeah, they're, they're... yeah, dude, I, I don't think you can discount it. Honestly. I mean, we discounted a little bit cause it's like, Oh, well it's not, you know, it's not a Fidenza, right? But it's like you're given this super constrictive medium and guys were like, well, what can I do? Oh, I can put emojis here, you know, through a code language or I can put, uh, like Devoted said, you know, the, the, the image of a syringe or I can do, like one guy did like a whole like cartoon, like a whole series of like flipping over a table, right? And just this, the way humans will bring art and creativity into super constrictive environments uh, is really one of the cool things about puny codes and just how early it was. Uh, I, th I don't think that can be discounted. Um, it, it's, it's really cool. It's a really, really cool part of NFT history. That's for sure.
Yeah, well, thank you all for being here. Devoted, I don't know if you had any last words or, um, you know, looking towards the future. I know the Puny Codes factory is working on collaborations, and I love the idea of working with artists to create a new, pretty limited collections to go back to the holders of the DAO and then also communities that you're partnering with. So that's really cool. And there's going to be a lot more information about those collaborations coming up. Um, I guess, is there other things on kind of the the horizon for Puny Codes DAO? Um, it sounds like Hallucifile will be in Barcelona in a month. I know we touched on that. And then, yeah, if Adam or XOAO, if you have any closing words, love to hear those. And, yeah, thank you all for being here today. Yep. Uh, thanks, Quantum. Yeah, I, I can just add add to that and maybe, maybe just add uh, a few comments. Um, yeah, I think I think, like, you know more more to like you know to the point around you know what what are you doing in the future i think like just just looking at the, your most recent post and your most recent tweet uh on puny codes on twitter you know I, I just realized how uh how amazing this event was that you just had like you know you had like amazing art curators like snow cash and i, I just checked out his um like th their page um and i just realized like the exhibitions that they curated uh, I actually been to one of them in London. Uh, the, the history of generative art um, that was that was amazing. Uh, you know, there's so many, you know, so many cool pieces. Like there was Fidenzas, there was uh, you know Chromie Spiegel's, so many cool uh, artworks, and that was all exhibit, you know, curated by uh, Snowcash. So it was really interesting, and and the fact that they they were involved with the NFT gallery in Zurich uh, Zurich Airport that was that's that's pretty awesome, and. Uh, and the fact that you, you know, you uh, Puny Codes was, you know, the, the one of the main showcase uh, artworks in in that um, gallery, organized by Element uh, Elementum. So, yeah, that was that was amazing. So I I think I think you know if you have any more like you know plans for events for the future, you know, please do let us know. That that's amazing. Um, so yeah, I I feel like you know in terms of the community, I think you know, it, it's growing. And I think like, you know, I guess my question is what's next? You know, it's, it, I think that the community is growing. Everything is like, you know, everyone's edu being educated by, you know, by, by all the, you know, by people like Adam and, and, you know, and historical archaeologists. So how, you know, what, what is next for, for puny codes? That's my, that's my uh, closing question. Did we get? Did I get rugged? Do you guys hear me? Um, I hear you fine. Devoted, Adam. are you there? Did the devoted hear that question? I don't know. Devoted might have got rugged. Nick just came <laughs> up too. Oh no. Well, I get. I mean, I, I'll speak a little bit to it. I mean, I think you know, part of the thing with you know historical NFTs is nothing needs to be done to them. Um, and obviously, devoted has plans, and he has uh, things he's building and working on. Obviously, the, these guys are taking a tremendous amount of action to educate people and, um, you know, provide additional value to not only holders by, you know, increasing awareness and growing the community, but but just generally educating the public. And I think that's what kind of the entire space is, is kind of telling the history of NFTs. 
Um, and we're all just kind of playing a part. And I think the puny code guys do an amazing job of it. Obviously they're, they're pushing forward. It's a never ending kind of process of, of educating the wider world of what we're doing. Um, and I think that's just, that's just, uh, a, a, a process that's going to take years, if not decades, but you know, I'm here for it. I think Devoted's here for it. I think he's doing an amazing job. He's got one of the best communities. You guys definitely go into his Discord. Uh, it's the number one spot. Before you before you purchase uh, a puny code, always, always go in that Discord. Make sure it's you know a legit one. It probably is, but just to make sure you don't want to get rugged or whatever, and, and Devoted's always super helpful, uh, and he'll walk you through the process. Are you back up, man? Can you? Yeah, hear it looks us? like devoted's here, and it looks like Nick stepped up too. So, welcome, Nick. We're kind of like, kind of nearing the end, but love to hear what you have going on. Hi, hi, guys. So I'm Nick. I, I'm sitting here with Snowcash. Um, the two of us, we um, work together with Elementum. We organized this uh, exhibition, and when I started working with Snowcash, he was talking about two things, and that's. Um, historical nfts and um historical generative art and um historical nfts was such a passion of his that he sort of um influenced me to become passionate passionate about um historical nfts as well so we thought opening up a gallery space um yesterday would be very cool to educate people about the Punicode's um, story and to make this sort of a cool and exclusive education and preview session of some hallucifile file, etc. Um, Punicode's, I'll let him speak in a second. Um, but with that, we, we also decided to have a free NFT um, giveaway to celebrate this exhibition for the community um which will happen next week we'll we'll upload um you know the free nft and yeah i i want to give the word to to mr snowcash also known as georg buck who um shown who has shown the crypto punks for actually made you know, waves when he showed the CryptoPunks in 2018 and now the Punicodes um, yesterday for the first time worldwide. Well, I, I don't have much to say. Just one thing. Um, for me, the exhibition was a statement. And I just wanted to say that Punicodes are part of art history. Yeah, guys. So I would just like to mention, like we were just talking about the uh, the art gallery exhibition that happened at Zurich Airport. So Nick and Snowcash were the curators that were involved in that, and they basically handled all the, uh, the they basically handled the exhibition. So yeah, Nick, hats off to them, and really glad to have you guys here in the community. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, you you were like still on the call earlier, but. I did. I did mention Snowcash and and yeah, welcome Nick as well. Like you know, thank you so much. Uh, 
you know, for giving the historical communities uh, a space and uh, to to kind of showcase, you know, and and yeah, Punicos is definitely the the OG and and it's brilliant to to see that. Um, yeah, but I I did check out uh, the, the Snowcashers website to see uh, all the exhibitions that they they've been working on. So yeah, awesome stuff. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Nick, for coming up. I'm really glad you requested up. And, yeah, it fits in really well with what we're talking about. And just, you know, Adam had mentioned it earlier, too, about, like, what we're doing today and, like, celebrating and buying pieces of historical art, like, is really about devotion to the future and, like, this belief that what what to come is going to be even greater and crazier um, and, you know, paying homage to to what has come before so yeah that looks absolutely awesome the new exhibit it looks like it runs for about a month um i don't know if it's accessible you know virtually for folks to check out but yeah i'm going to reach out to you for sure nick you know i don't know if you've heard about the museum we're building for the crypto skulls dow but yeah it's very similar in the sense of like we want to educate people about historical projects which really starts like right there in puny codes um, and today's conversation has definitely helped us like learn more about the importance and why like that is a very um, you know important starting point in this whole discussion about NFTs and digital art ownership or just digital ownership in general. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll reach out for sure. Um, love to you know pick your brain. And I think the IRL installations is huge. And somewhere like an airport, I was thinking it's like wow, that's that's an amazing place to just capture people traveling and you know people are looking for something to do while they're waiting for their flight um so yeah yeah just to give you a background it was it was like more like a gallery setting than an airport it was just a, um in in a similar location as the airport but okay um, gotcha yeah it was unfortunate yeah well, either way, it's super cool, and I think that's exactly what Adam's talking about. It's like the work we're doing today, whether it's through a space, through a, you know the historical NFT event coming up in Barcelona in a month, and you know what transpires after that, or a gallery showing. Um, you know, it's all part of the community building. So, yeah, really appreciate the work you're doing, and thanks for coming up. Likewise, devoted. It's it's been a pleasure talking to you, um, hearing your story. And yeah, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot to everyone, to Adam. And if anyone has any questions, then maybe we can have a word about that. Or we can, for, for anyone, uh, anyone, or anyone, anyone who's a speaker or if you have anything in general. And yeah, and if anyone else wants to speak or else we'll end the call. Thanks, you guys. We'll talk to you later. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, go join the Pinicodes Discord. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you in between. And, you know, someday IRL. Looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you very much. Hey, thank you, guys.